All right, welcome to the Rekindling Ministries podcast series. This is season two, episode 2.05. We're moving right along with the Know They Self process, and today we're discussing the fourth question for you to ponder about yourself. What are your methods for doing life? My name is Shannon Kirkpatrick, and I'm the facilitator for Rekindling's Know They Self workshops. And my name is Zach Rios, and I am a student at Liberty University studying youth ministry and pastoral leadership. So, Zach, as always, can you recap for us uh, just a real quick um, summary of last episode's discussion on timelines? Yeah, I would love to. So basically what we were discussing with timelines is just the idea of it's really helpful to go through and identify the different stages of life that we've gone through and then more specifically look at the events in those stages. Mm-hmm. So what we start doing once we were done evaluating those and looking and seeing what the events were is we were able to process through those things mm-hmm. and really look and see the different patterns that started emerging right. and different things like that and it was really just really therapeutic and why was it therapeutic because you were able to actually begin to process things that you had thought you had processed and mm-hmm. hadn't or different things like that and uh, just being able to think through things that uh, really began to show you how you became the way you are. Just that nature versus nurture discussion, yep. um, figuring out what the nurturing has looked like up to this point. And one of the things we had recommended was once you do this, share this mm-hmm. with your spouse or significant other or friend yep. uh, and let them do the same, right? And share it back because you really get to know somebody when you start hearing what their timeline is and, and why they're behaving the way they behave. You know, because who we are as an adult mm-hmm. is based so much on what happened in our childhood, you know? Yeah. So, okay, great. So we went through three questions. We went through beliefs and values and timelines, and those are heavy and foundational. Mm-hmm. So t- to this episode, we're shifting into some more kind of fun, exciting stuff, yeah. which is the personality. So we call it methods, and, and what we're looking at here is how you do life, right? So how do you respond to, to successes? How do you respond to challenges? Mm-hmm. How do you respond to different types of people? Um, and and it, you're going to be responding based on your wiring, based on your personality style. Yeah. So basically with this one, there, there are a whole bunch of different personality tests out there. And I've, I've researched a lot of them, and I like a lot of them. Mm-hmm. And what I find is they're very accurate. They're accurate of a slice of who you are. Yeah. And so, so and we're going to go through a bunch of them here today. But when I was first doing this years and years ago for myself, I'm like, oh, that's true in these situations. So that's true mm-hmm. in, in, in this corner of my life. And then I would take another one, like, oh, that's also true in this thing. And they all form layers. Mm-hmm. And so it was very important to me. I'm like, well, I wanna include all of them. So when we go through the know they self process, we've actually, we have today, I think six or seven different personality personality tests that mm-hmm. we're gonna recommend for you. And we want you to take all of them because when you add them all together um, and they layer up, they really do paint a comprehensive picture. Yeah, and along those lines, I'm the type of person that when I'm going through a personality test, I can pretty much most of the time be like, okay, so you're asking me if I'm introverted or extroverted. Right. Uh, you're trying to figure out this or that. And so it's really good, just like you were saying, to be able to do the myriad of um, personality tests to really, uh, just echoing what you were saying, be yeah. able to get a more comprehensive view of the complexity of yourself. Right. Because I tend to think, well, I'm more complicated than this test, and I am, and you are. Right. And so it's worth actually going through the effort of doing multiple of them so that you can really begin to see the different facets mm-hmm. of yourself. And if you're reading into the question and you're trying to answer it so you can get a certain result, like you were saying, or you're having a really off day, mm-hmm. then a test may be skewed. Yeah. So it's another reason to take multiple tests so that if one of them got skewed, the other ones will kind of counter that, mm-hmm. right? So we're going to identify several different personality tests. We're going to explain kind of what the basic concept is behind each of them. We're going to give you our results so that you can understand, like, like uh, what does this test reveal? Yep. And then we'll give you the link if there is a link uh, to it. Mm-hmm. So let's go ahead and dive right in, into the first one. So the first one is the DISC profile. This is a very popular one. It's been around for a long time. Businesses use it. Different organizations use it. And so what you have with the disc, it's the D-I-S-C. So the four different types, and yep. the, which is the disc. And so the D is the dominant, assertive, take charge type. And then the I is the influential, charismatic, fun-loving type. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, very extroverted. The S is the stable, solid, um, uh, reliable, using it kind of in the, in the background type. Mm-hmm. And then the C is the cautious, calculating, uh, detail-oriented type. Yeah. So, for example, if you're in a business, the D is probably going to be the CEO or other supervisor types, mm-hmm. right, given direction. 
the eye, that high charismatic, they might be the, uh, a salesperson. They might be the spokesperson. Yeah. Right. They might be the party planner, you know, for the organization. Mm-hmm. But very, very social, very engaging with other people. I always kind of joke the S's typically are the cubicle workers that actually get all the work done for the company. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's kind of quietly just just, <laughs> just accomplish yeah, whatever. Yeah, and yeah, whatever's needed. You know, mm-hmm. um, and then the C is going to be the accountant or the bookkeeper or maybe the um, emergency coordinator. Uh, or the travel uh, organizer, logistics, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of thing. Uh, another example would be if you're going on a hike. The D is that strong personality person. It's like, you know, getting everybody, collecting everybody together, um, getting to the cars, getting to the site. All right, let's go. Let's start heading up, right? Yeah. The I is going to be introducing themselves uh, to everybody. Hey, so, so, how are you? My name is so and so. It's going to be so great. Taking pictures, you mm-hmm. know. Um, it's just a fun experience. The S is probably just quietly like picking up all the supplies that's <laughs> that needed everyone's and, forgetting. Yeah, right, and following <laughs> the D um, and just quietly enjoying the hike for what mm-hmm. it is. And then the C probably has the first aid kit, the map, you know. They look at the clock. Hey guys, we have to get started because we need to get back. You know, sunset is at six thirty-six tonight. Mm-hmm. You know, etc. So those are two different examples uh, of of how the different disc personality styles work. Mm-hmm. So me personally, uh, at my core, I'm a C, and, and this was eye-opening to me mm-hmm. when I when I first put this together 10, 12 years ago. At my core, I'm a, I'm a C. So I like everything detail-oriented and, and outlines and, 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 and bullet points, you know, when I take my notes, yeah. all that. Um, and I, but I also have a lot of D and I have a lot of I. Mm-hmm. I, have, I have almost no S. So I, when I finally put everything together and just clicked for me, um, if my C is happy, so everything's kind of going according to the plan that I have, then the I in me really flourishes. Mm-hmm. And so I, I'm having a blast. I'm having a good time. I can relax because everything's going according to plan. Yeah. Where if, if things are not going according to plan, then the D usually takes over in me and I just start kind of bossing people around or making things happen so that it fits back to my plan. Mm-hmm. So to give you a practical example of this, when I was bartending in, in, the, in, the, in my 20s in the, in the prodigal son stage, if I was the, the opening bartender, so I, I got in like a four, mm-hmm. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to spend an hour, hour and a half getting everything ready. So I'm going to cut all the fruit. I cut the same way every time. Have all the bottles, the labels faced out in the same direction. I've got everything fully stocked, napkins, straws, everything ready to go. Yeah. So then when the, when the happy hour starts, I'm very relaxed because I have everything that I need for the night, no matter how busy we get. Mm-hmm. And so because I'm relaxed, I was that really engaging bartender that everybody wanted to come visit. But if I happen to be the closing bartender, so I came on at 9, and the guy who opened hadn't stocked stuff, <laughs> bottles had got flipped around, et cetera. I was a bear to work with because I was so irritated mm-hmm. that everything wasn't stocked, you know. And so people would tell me, like, Shannon, you're like two different people, um, you know, which is it? And at the time, I mean, I was, you know, in my mid, late 20s, even or my early 30s. Uh, I didn't know. I, I had made that connection. It wasn't until like 32, 33 that I finally figured that out. I'm like, oh. <gasps> Uh-huh. Oh, that's why the way that I am, you know, um, and it was it was just fascinating to me, you know, seeing that. Uh, what were you, what were your results? Yeah, I actually had pretty similar results to you. I was a D slash C, and so I also think that at the core I'm much more C. And so if I can just kind of be easygoing, working through the, the logistics of things and just figuring stuff out, um, I can really do that support role well. Mm-hmm. Uh, this actually recently I was able to basically for a week just follow around one of the event coordinators here and right. just follow around, Help just do needed. random, the, just all the random things. And so then mm-hmm. events can run smoothly. And I just love that. Um, but then if there's not leadership, like strong leadership, then my, the D part of me really steps in and it's like, okay, well I can do this. Mm-hmm. And so then um, just uh, be able to, that really comes more prominent. Right. And I want to just step in and fix things and just get things moving in the right direction. So that brings up one of the patterns that we're going to keep referencing in the episode tonight, which is there is no, there's no such thing as good results or bad results, mm-hmm. right? All the results, that's human nature. Yeah. Um, but there's healthy versions and unhealthy versions of everything we do. Yeah. So for example, if I'm being a healthy C, very detail-oriented, very comprehensive and thorough, nothing's getting missed, mm-hmm. all the I's are getting dotted and T's are getting crossed. If I'm an unhealthy C, then I'm inflexible mm-hmm. um, and unbendable, you know, and, and you get stuck and stubborn, and this is the way that you want to do it. Yeah. And sometimes there's certain situations that you not need to go through the details. You just kind of need to wing it and run with it. Mm-hmm. And, and so an unhealthy C couldn't do that. Uh, my unhealthy D 
uh, so a healthy D is you're getting things done and helping others get things done. Yeah. The unhealthy D is you're wanting to take charge when you shouldn't take charge, hmm. um, or you're bossing instead of influencing, mm-hmm. you know, et cetera. Um, when you get two two Ds in a room, two alpha dogs, that's always fascinating to watch, yeah. right, and seeing how they how they play off on each other. Um, the I. If you're a really healthy eye, man, are you engaging? You just make people smile, mm-hmm. right? It's a lot of fun. When you're unhealthy, you can get irresponsible. Mm-hmm. Um, consequences don't necessarily matter because you're just acting the moment. Uh, S, again, healthy S, you're getting a bunch of work done. You're very reliable, quality. Um, you're that that quietness that's needed, right, to bring that temperance to the room. Yeah. Unhealthy, you can get very insecure um, and withdraw. You can also be taken advantage of. Mm-hmm. Um, you can also judge six ways to Sunday quietly, mm-hmm. right? I've seen that. So so that's something we'll kind of touch on as we go through all this. Yep. So so that's the disc. And so, and, and it is, it's a great one. It really can help click for you make you understand so if you want to take the disc test i'm going to give you um three different websites and we're going to put these in the um description the descriptions for the podcast and for the website so if you can't follow along what i'm <laughs> saying you can just go to there mm-hmm. but one of them is is discinsights.com and they've got some great descriptions uh, to me they had the best descriptions of what is a d what is an i what is an s and what is a c mm-hmm. so you can read the descriptions there and then there's a uh, free disc profile there's hyphens in there uh free hyphen disc hyphen profile or dash um, however you want to uh, yeah, there's a so they have a free test you can take mm-hmm. to get your disc results and then one two three test.com they have a bunch of tests they also have the disc test that you can take for free as well uh, so again you can look in the in the, the descriptions there to get mm-hmm. those links and so we recommend you know as hopefully you have a journal right as you're going through all this and so you can take those tests and then you want you want to jot down your answers yep so that's the first one. The second one is called your learning style. And this comes from Dr. Mike Mitchell, who I, I learned, I studied under at seminary. And uh, he was a big um, uh, teacher type and just um, the ministry of teaching and the psychology of teaching. And I learned tons of in, uh, great information about how to teach effectively. Hmm. And so one of the things that he does is he, he has you identify your learning style because as a teacher, you need to identify your um, your student's learning style. Yeah. And so there is no online test for this one. So there is a test you can take, but it's pen and paper. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we're not even going to try to explain that here, but we're going to explain the four different categories, mm-hmm. kind of like DISC. Um, there's four different types and oh and I, I you know i meant to say with the disc if, if you kind of draw it like um uh like a cross with the four the four sections plane yeah um the upper left hand corner is the d and then the upper right is the i and then the lower right is the s and the lower left is the is the c so when you're looking at it that way kind of as a visual the d and the i are both assertive where the s and the c and the s are more passive and the and the uh, the d and the i are more task oriented where the s and c's i'm sorry the d and C's are more task-oriented, where the I's and the S's are more relational-oriented. But anyway, so so the same kind of thing here with this learning preference. You can draw that 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 plus sign with the four four corners mm-hmm. there. So in the uh, upper, so we're we're going to describe them to you. So one learning preference, and, and what this is is how do you learn best? Yeah. Which kind of environment do you are you most comfortable in when you're learning something? So one of those is called the conversational learner, and so what this is. Um, they learn best from personal instruction uh, and personal like one-on-one discipleship and communication. Mm-hmm. So the idea is they like to sit with the expert and them and just it's just them and the expert and they can go back and forth with Q and A. There's um uh, what's it called like like when you have a, a Smith would take a, somebody under their wing. Um, like an intern, not an intern. Well, intern now um, is like like old medieval times. Oh, um, what's that word? Um, that's gonna jump me crazy. If we think of it later, yell it out. <laughs> yeah. um, oh, it's on the tip of my tongue. But anyways, so the, and the listeners, <laughs> there's probably some listeners right now that are saying the word. Uh, but anyways, but but they prefer that, and so and so they like mentoring programs. They like personal one-on-one trainings, mm-hmm. apprenticeship. That's what it is. Boom. Thank you. <laughs> uh, and then uh, and they, but and they, they like those deep personal relationships. So that that's the conversational learner. Yep. And then there's also the convocational learner, and so they learn best from an instructor and a. In a class setting, they like to discuss ideas proposed by the teacher, and they have just really good verbal and auditory skills. And so they take notes, remember the lessons, um, and they just really like to think out loud the group dynamics of the classroom structure mm-hmm. um, and just that sort of thing. Yeah, it's a traditional like class lectures or yeah. public debates. Yeah, mm-hmm. that. Um, the third one is is, is the um, contemplative, and so if you have the conversational in the upper left quadrant and the and the convocation on the upper right quadrant the contemplative is in the lower left quadrant 
the contemplative learner, um, they like to kind of process through stuff on their own. So they, they like to use their imagination. They like to read a bunch of things and then just synthesize mm-hmm. and, and, and meditate on that information uh, and, then, and then see what pictures emerging as they do that. They typically want to motivate themselves. They, they like to write books and papers because like, they like to read books and papers. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they enjoy that written text, individual hands-on uh, projects, and just self-analysis. They're really driven. They want themselves to get all the information they can collect it all, read it, and figure it out. Yeah, and then the last court category in that bottom right-hand corner is the collaborative learners. And so they uh, just, what it sounds like, they like to synthesize information in group settings, brainstorm with a team, just that whole group discussion dynamic. Uh, And they also really like projects with very little management. And so Mm -hmm. more of that flexibility and just the teamwork and just really hands-on as they're going about learning things. What do you think, so... um, Population-wise, in the United States, it's not split equally among these four. No. What would you say is the most common one? Um, I think, well, I would hope the most common one would be the convocational learners because that's the traditional mm-hmm. learning. Like, that's just how education is typically laid out. I'm yeah. not sure if that's actually the way that it is, but um, I feel like it might be more of the collaborative yeah, wouldn't that be interesting if we've set up a traditionally a convocational style and yeah. most people? So when we when I was in Dr. Mitchell's class, I think there was around forty students. These this was in seminaries. These are mm-hmm. all grad students. There's about forty grad students in the class, and so he had us take this, and then he had to split us into. He was very uh, hands-on, tangible type instructor. Yeah. So we had to split to the four corners of the room, and it, the uh, convocational and the uh, conversational were the most common two, okay. pretty much equal. So I, I want to say it was around like 15 each, okay. you know, 16 and 18 or somewhere in there. And so you had a lot of the traditional style. You also had a lot of the one-on-one, which which makes sense because in grad school, you have these kind of driven students that want to sit with a professor. Mm-hmm. So those are the most common two. Um, and then I was in the contemplative group. Um, there was about eight of us, I think, in that group, six, seven, seven or eight. Yeah. Um, we were the, you know, kind of the more reader, reader type. Uh, and then there was only two people um, in the collaborative. It was hysterical because that is the team-oriented. Yeah. And it was funny that here you have these, these three larger groups and you only had two people you know, in, in that one. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were all bummed because, because, they, because they love relationships. Mm-hmm. But it was so interesting to me that in seminary, how little of the collaborative there was mm-hmm. – and it's not a good thing, really. Uh, we're so individualistic-minded a lot of times yeah. as, as the pastor type, you know, mm-hmm. the teacher type. Um, and so that was interesting. But I, I kind of feel like if, if if you were to do a test of the whole humanity, it probably would be the collaborative and the convocational. Yeah. Right? Um, and so, well, and what was yours? Mine was contemplative right on the line of conversational. And so I mm-hmm. think it's... Um, I think the way that, yeah, I think the, the way that really plays out is I really like to get information... Um, and in more of that, just sitting and thinking, but then I want to have the opportunity to go to the expert and just say, okay, I've been thinking about this. This is where I'm at. Like, where am I wrong? Where can I improve? Like what? And mm-hmm. then just have that one-on-one conversation. Yeah. So, so with these, if you get that little kind of um, four quadrant chart, the conversational and the convocational, those two that are on the top, they're more teacher driven, mm-hmm. where the bottom two, the contemplative and the collaborative are more student driven. Yeah. And then the two on the left, which is the conversational and the contemplative, they're more kind of like one-on-one um, type, mm-hmm. where the, the two on the right, the convocational and the collaborative are more group type. Mm-hmm. So it's just really cool kind of seeing all those patterns. The most fascinating thing from all that was as a teacher, you typically teach in the style that you prefer to learn in. So as a contemplative learner, where I like to have all the information kind of written out and for me to figure my own, when I first started doing rekindling, it was teaching everything, and I still do this, but I was dumping just volumes of information on on the people in the group and saying, Mm -hmm. now, go figure it out on your own, let me know if you have questions. And, and there was just, you know, deer in the headlight looks a lot of times. <laughs> now, for the contemplative type, they're like, got it, see ya, see you next week, you know. Yeah. Um, but so that was very eye-opening for me mm. when I when Dr. Mitchell was explaining all of it. So I purposely started readjusting the rekindling style so that we can do all four. So so I do do the one-on-ones, just sitting with people um, if they need to kind of hash out, like, some personal stuff. Yeah. Uh, and then I do the convocational style. So I do trainings for different organizations, and that's the more formal traditional because of what they're used to. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the one that – you know, it's funny too. That now that I think about this, that you mentioned the collaborative. 
that is the most popular version now of what I do. So mm. like the unpacking studies, yeah. it's a more collaborative, hands-on approach, and people are eating that up. Even even the Know They Self group that we do is more collaborative. Um, and then we have now we have like these podcasts. The podcasts are more for the contemplative learner mm-hmm. that they can just kind of listen to everything and, and process it through on their own. So we're really trying to take all four methods to yeah. reach. A wider you know, group. That, yeah. Mm-hmm. So for you, the listener, we don't we don't have a test that you can take for this or one that we can't explain over the podcast. So as you were listening to those descriptions of the four, you just kind of have to do a self identification. What which one or two resonated with you, and what do you think you are? Yeah. All right, so that's the second one. The third one is Kiersey. So Kiersey is uh, connected with Myers Briggs, and so Myers Briggs is the you know it's been around for a long time. It's, it's very well known. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the sixteen different combinations. So you have uh, ENFP and ISTJ, and you know all these different ones. Um, I know people who love Myers Briggs, and so they know what they are, and they usually have to talk, and you can peg what you are. Like, oh, you're a you know you're you're an ENFP. I'm like, okay, what? You know? <laughs> and I yeah. never could quite understand. I understood. Um, extrovert introvert mm-hmm. but I had a difficult time understanding the other four well nowadays there is a whole plethora of different versions of the Myers-Briggs mm-hmm. Kiersey is, is one of them I've seen a Star Wars version I've seen a Harry Potter version I've seen uh, an animal version I've seen a Lord of the Rings version there's another one that's out now called 16personalities.com I think it is um, and they have their own kind of labels mm-hmm. and so there's a lot of great ones and, and you can kind of find the one that works for you the, one, the reason why I like Kiersey is it's very well organized. I'm a C, right, from DISC. Yep. It's a very well organized website. It's color-coded, um, and they have got they have titles for each of the 16 instead of, like, letter combinations. Mm-hmm. So it's just kind of easier to understand. And so we're, I'm gonna, we're going to briefly just run you through the 16 uh, to give you a ballpark. And so the way that Kiersey does it is they have four meta categories. They have guardians, um, artisans, or artisans. What do you say? Uh, artisans. Yeah, I think I used to say artisans, but I like artisans. It sounds better. But anyways, yeah. uh, idealists and rationals. And then they have four um, subcategories under, under each of those. Mm-hmm. So the guardians, they're all about creating good environments. And so you have um, protectors, providers, inspectors, and supervisors. The protectors are all about safety and security. So whether uh, police officers, moms, right? Mm, Different people that just, they're naturally drawn to, is this a safe environment? Do we have everything kind of prepared so that Mm -hmm. nobody gets hurt? They're always thinking of that. My my cousin, uh, Trixie, um, has got a son, and and a number of years ago, uh, this is five years ago or so, I think, it was his fourth birthday i think it was okay and she hosted it this is back in illinois she hosted it at one of those um it was a company that built um like uh, backyard forts and and playhouses Hmm. and they did they did everything from like 500 um little one-room playhouses to like five thousand dollar castle types (laughs) you know it was insane it's awesome but they were brilliant because they had a section in their lobby where you could host birthday parties at so you get all these kids coming and they see all these because they had they had the forts kind of built around their their their, uh the grounds there Oh, mom, dad, I want that. It was brilliant, right? (laughs) Yeah. But anyway, so she hosted there. And so one of the things was they had this huge, gigantic tire swing. And so so my nephew and a bunch of his friends, like five or six of them, all climbed on this gigantic tire swing. Uncle, Uncle Shannon, spin it. And so, so I start spinning, like, you know, faster, faster, faster. So I'm spinning it faster and faster. They're all screaming at the top of their lungs, you know. And as they're doing that, they're having the time of life. My little nephew, he's just got this big grin on his face, and he's yelling out as loud as he can, is everybody okay? Is everybody okay? And I just started laughing because I'm like, that's that's his mom's son, right, because she's the same way. Yeah. And so that's an example of protectors. So even at five, that protector type was coming out of him, right? Mm-hmm. So anyway, so that's protectors. Um, providers are all about meeting needs. Needs. And so if somebody's sick, they want to go bring them soup. Yeah. Or if after a class is done, they start moving the chairs back into place. They just like tending to the needs, mm-hmm. right? Um, and then the super or the inspectors are all about uh, quality work. And so that it's very important that they're thorough and meticulous in getting things done. Um, and then the supervisor is all about the whole team doing that, yeah. right? And again, we don't have a lot of time on this, but you have healthy and unhealthy versions of each of these. So the healthy protector creates safety. The unhealthy protector smothers. Hmm. You know, the healthy provider meets a need. The unhealthy provider is a people pleaser. You know, um, the the healthy supervisor gets a whole team doing quality work. The unhealthy supervisor micromanages. Mm-hmm. Right. So those are the guardians. The the artisans. These are all about um, 
bringing color to life mm-hmm. and bringing beauty and bringing laughter and fun and bringing a smile to people's faces. Yeah. So you have performer, composer, crafter, and promoter. And so the performers are your singers, your actors, your joke tellers, just those people who like to be the, the, in the, they have no problem being in the middle, middle of the attention mm-hmm. uh, and, and, and bringing smiles to people's faces. The composers like that, but from a distance. Mm-hmm. They're usually more introverted. And so they, these are your songwriters, your poets, your bloggers. Um, they, they, they think on cool things and then write about it. The crafters are really good with their hands. I've had several friends and roommates that have been crafters in the past. They could fix anything that was broken. Mm-hmm. Uh, but an old roommate of mine, Brian, um, bought a broken down, like a top line $600 espresso machine. Um, that some rich guy had bought and then he broke it and didn't want it so he just gave it away to Brian and Brian fixed it all and made <laughs> these really cool espressos and, and what have you. Um, my buddy uh, Dave Marcus is, lives in town here. He's a crafting figure. Anything, anything I'm broken, I, I call him you know audio car, whatever you can do that. Mm-hmm. A lot of times these guys are adventure junkies or Jeep owners. Um, <laughs> they're, they're the stunt people you know of, of Hollywood. Um, and then you have your promoters. Your promoters are your wheelers and dealers, your movers and shakers. They know everybody. Everybody knows them and they're really good at, at uh, uh, getting people to kind of go join different activities mm-hmm. uh rob hibbard if you're listening um i'm giving a shout out to rob rob is the epitome of <laughs> promoters of anybody that I've, I've ever met so if you guys are listening you know rob you know what i'm talking about so that so those are the artisans the third category are your idealists and and so like where the guardians want uh, uh, good environments the the idealists want good internal so kind of external versus internal. And so the idealists, you have healers, counselors, teachers, and champions. So the healers, these are the ones, the people that, that when somebody's hurting, oh my goodness, they hurt with them. Mm-hmm. They just want to sit, hold their hand, cry with them, and kind of help them through that healing process. The counselors appreciate the importance of that. What they're more focused on is now what? So what do you need to be thinking differently or doing differently to prevent that problem from coming again or yeah. from being ready for it when it does come? You know, uh, Just thinking through paradigm shifts. Mm-hmm. Um, the teachers, are they love their students. They're usually really good at some skill, and they love teaching that skill to others. So this could be learning a new language such as, as German, Deutsch. This could be underwater basket weaving. Why not? This, yeah, why not? This could be free throw <laughs> shooting. This could be how to record a podcast, you know, <laughs> whatever. But the teacher types, there's something they're good at or more than one thing, and they just love sitting and explaining that history, right, mm-hmm. whatever it may be, yeah. to other people. Then your champions, these guys are very passionate about some concept or cause or idea, and they're really good at getting others to buy into that concept. So they champion it, mm-hmm. and they get others to be, to be a part of it. Um, and then you have the rationals, the fourth category. And so there you have the masterminds, architects, uh, inventors, which I call entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. and uh, field marshals. And so the masterminds are your brilliant thinkers. These are your theologians and, and, and philosophers of life. So these are those individuals that they love thinking through the complexities of life, contingencies, if this, then that. Yeah. Uh, they, love, they love just trying to figure out how, how that stuff works. The architects are designers. They might design a car, they might design a home, they might design a computer program, they might design a security system. Mm-hmm. Whatever it is, they'd like to create structure uh, of systems. Your inventor or your entrepreneur is the very outgoing type that's like, all right, let's go get stuff done. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's just start, we'll figure out the details as we go, um, and just boom, 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 and they make things happen. Yeah. And then your field marshal is your top dog, your general. The field marshals are great at looking at the big pictures of things. So they know, all right, so here's here's everybody that's included. Here's where we're headed. Here's the resources we have. And they're really good at delegating all that out to get those things accomplished. Quick question for you. Yeah. How long have you been t- explaining through those 16 uh, areas? Uh, I probably started teaching it in 2008 or 2009, so eight, eight, eight years or so. Because it's just really impressive to me that you went through all of those explanations while maintaining eye contact with me, <laughs> not looking at any notes. Uh, just side note for the listener, I found that impressive. Oh, yeah, yeah um, repetition. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but it's really cool to see how all of those different areas really begin to work together the way God's planned just plan oh, yeah. things out and everything um, like the verses that talk about how uh, there's one body but many members and you need yes. all of the pieces to work together in this little village mm-hmm. that we call life mm-hmm. um, to be able to actually do the things that go on and so it's just really cool as you go through and listen you can be like well I, I know a person like that that's this person yep. or that's this person or that's me yeah and so being able to actually see how all of that works and just be able to start appreciating the complexity of the different areas that people come from. Yeah, you know, because Kiersey's not um, 
a Christian thing. Mm-hmm. It's just it's just a, a psychological you know thing that they've put together. And it, yeah. I mean, it's such a great website. But anyways, I remember looking through it all, and I was fascinated. I think like eighty three percent of Americans are in the first two categories, hmm. and only like eighteen or seventeen percent are in the are this and the second two, the um, idealists and, and the rationals. So it's not an equal split, you know, of that. And so it was really cool, like you were saying with the village. It was just that that God has, because I feel like like Kiersey, even if they kind of accidentally did this, they are identifying one of the ways that God works. Hmm. And I'm fascinated that he's he's the master of niche marketing yeah. uh, with that. Yeah. So so that okay. So my my results, I'm a combination mostly of champion and architect. I have a little bit of the mastermind and a little bit of the supervisor. And so like for example. If you look at, at, at what I do with rekindling, I have this, you know, the seven stage journey, which we did in episode, season one, episode 1.01. 1. Mm-hmm. Um, that's my umbrella vision of everything, and everything else kind of fits under that. Yeah. And so over the years, I've, I, I'm very passionate about us going further in our faith, mm-hmm. and I've, cr- I've designed this entire system to try, to try to do that. And so you can see where that kind of comes out, you know, in, in my calling. So th- those are my main two. Yeah. And for me, um, my main one is uh, the supervisor. And then I think the secondary one to that would be a champion, mm-hmm. um, just champion different ideas and things like that. Yeah, like like apologetics, mm-hmm. uh, yep. even sin now. Yeah, there's a lot of different yeah, topics a lot that, of things that are, yeah. I've just kind of latched onto. <laughs> and if you think about kind of the, where you're headed with uh, youth pastoring and things mm-hmm. like that, that's those two combined, right? Yeah, because um, I'm actually more specifically looking at like college ministry, which I mean is still youth ministry, right. but even in the college market. <laughs> in my old age, college is still youth. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Touche. Yeah. Um, but it's really interesting how even more specifically in that, just the champion is so needed to mm-hmm. just motivate people to get yeah, very involved and just all that sort of thing. So it's just really interesting to yeah. see how. Yeah, those go hand in hand. Yeah. It's, so it's really cool when somebody's identifying theirs and they're starting to see all the different combinations because yeah. that's the one thing. So, so now that you've listened to that, um, there's a bunch of different sites you can go to. So you can, you can go to my, there's a bunch of free Myers Briggs versions and the 16 personalities and the ones we've talked about. Mm-hmm. Kiersey specifically, um, when you go to the site, like they tell you like famous people that are each of those categories, and I really yeah. like, and, and they tell you which what the corresponding Myers Briggs uh, label is, mm-hmm. you know, et cetera. If you go there, there's a free version. The free version only tells you one of those four meta categories. I think you have to pay like eight dollars. It's like seven ninety five or something like that mm-hmm. to actually find which one of the specifics. But I'm a big believer in self identification. If you know yourself well, and so you can also just go. It's Kiersey.com. That that's um where is it? K e i r s e y dot com. And uh, and again, we'll put those in, in the in the descriptions. Um, but you can go through and they give a one-page description of all 16, mm-hmm. and you can read through them. And you can see, oh, yeah, that's definitely not me. <laughs> um, maybe a teeny bit that one. No, you know what? These two. These mm-hmm. two best describe kind of who I am. It's funny how, and I, I, I kind of get it, most of the personality tests, they just tell you one result. Mm-hmm. When I have found you're usually some kind of combination, yeah. um, but it's hard to, to determine that in the test. Some tests do do that, but mm-hmm. anyways. So that's Kiersey. Next one is uh, Strength Finder. So this is another one that I really, really respect. This was done by uh, Marcus Buckingham and uh, the Gallup organization. And it's it's for organizational strategy. They use it mostly for businesses, but you can use it for know yourself as well. Yeah. And so what they've done is is they had you know did all this research. It's very well done, very professional, very mm-hmm. quality. Um, they identified thirty four different strengths. And so they would go into businesses and they would have all the employees take the tests and they would see what their, I think they identify their top five strengths. And then they would tell the higher ups, all right, that person is totally working in their right position Hmm. because they have the strengths for that. This individual should not be working there in that department because that's not what they're wired for. You should move them over here. Mm-hmm. And they want to encourage them to get everybody doing what they're good at. It improves it improves company morale. You know, people feel better. They're they're happier. It it, it uh the it increases impact and results. It's just really really cool. Yeah. So I and so a lot of organizations do that. You know, for their their employees and their staff. And so I really like it. So we include it in, in know thyself. Mm-hmm. And obviously we don't have time to go through through um, a full unpacking of this. But we're going to um, just quickly run down the, the 34, get, give like a one-sentence description of each, just so you can get an idea. And I'll go ahead and kind of 
peek back, peel back the curtain here a little bit mm-hmm. uh, and explain why we do this. If I just said, hey, the Strength Finders is good, go do it, maybe you, the listener, would do it, maybe you wouldn't. But if I'm listening out the 34, that's the kind of thing, oh, that's interesting, oh, that's interesting, mm-hmm. it increases your chances of doing it. And I really want the listeners to do it. Yeah, and this is one of those tests, because we've been saying a lot of the tests only give you one result and they don't really tell you the other ones. This is one of those tests that isn't like that. Right. This is going to give you your top five, and then I think even if you pay some extra money. I don't remember how much it was, but it'll actually give you, I believe, the full list of of how all of them play out. Yeah, because there's a little book that lists all 34 and then Mm -hmm. has a code that you can go, or you can just go right to the website, like you said. Yeah. So, yeah, so let's let's just, we're going to give you kind of a rapid fire description of each of these. And so this is this is alphabetical. Um, so they've identified one of them is the achiever. So those that, that are of the achiever mindset, that, that it's in their top five, they work hard, they possess a great deal of stamina, they take admin, immense satisfaction in being busy and productive, they love accomplishing things. Mm-hmm. And then the activator is someone who can make things happen by turning thoughts into action. And they're often uh, this is more the negative side of things. They can be impatient. Yeah, it's it's funny when you get an, an achiever and an activator together. The activator is all about starting things. The achiever is all about finishing things. And mm-hmm. so it's kind of funny to watch that sometimes. Yeah. Um, there's also those with the strength of adaptability. And so these, they prefer to go with the flow. They tend to be kind of now people who take things as they are and they discover their future one day at a time. They're very flexible in different environments. Mm-hmm. The analytical person searches for reasons and causes to things. They have the ability to think about all of the factors that might affect a situation. Then you have the uh, arrangers. Um, they like to organize, um, and they're usually flexible uh, with that ability. They like to determine how all the pieces and resources can be arranged for maximum productivity. This could be like physically furniture in a, in a room, mm-hmm. could be resources in a warehouse, right? Yeah. The next category is belief, and these people have certain core values that are just unchanging, and uh, they really get their purpose for their lives out of those values. Mm-hmm. The uh, command type, it's pretty straightforward. They've got that natural presence about them, and so they're very comfortable in taking control of situations and making decisions. And then communication is also pretty self-explanatory, but they find it easy to put their thoughts into words, and they're good at having conversations and presenting. Yeah, the uh, the next one is competition. Um, they measure their progress against the performance of others. Basically, because this on the surface, like, ooh, that's not a good strength to have. Mm-hmm. It's that they actually excel and are at their best in competitive environments. Yeah, connectedness. Uh, these people just believe that things just work together and they're connected. Uh, they believe that there's few coincidences and almost everything has meaning. Then you have consistency. Um, in some versions, they call this fairness. And so these people are keenly aware of the need to treat people the same. They try to treat everyone with equality by setting up clear rules and, and adhering to them. Context people would really like the timeline discussion that we had last week. Yes. Um, because they enjoy thinking about the past. They understand the present by researching its history. Uh, then you have deliberative, which I have a lot of friends in the, that are, I'm not deliberative and they are, and it's hysterical to watch the two of us <laughs> interact. Um, they, they're best described by the serious care they take in making decisions or choices, and they, can, they anticipate obstacles very well. Mm-hmm. These are the kind of people that you ask them a question, and then they just look at you. And they don't say anything. I'm like, hello, I asked you a question, you know, but in their head, they're processing yeah. through everything. And so I, I've learned, wait till they say the answer and then trust them their answer because they thought it out. Yeah. Developers recognize and cultivate the, per, the potential in others. They spot signs of small improvement and derive satisfaction from evidence of process, progress. The- then you have a discipline. These people are exceptionally talented um, in enjoying routine and structure. They, they create a lot of order. They stick with that order and it allows them to accomplish a lot. And then empathy. These people sense other people's feelings by imagining themselves in others' lives or situations. So moving beyond the sympathy to actually empathy. Yeah, good. Um, you also have focus. These are those people who, who um, do not squirrel. Right, um, they can they can take direction, follow through, make the necessary corrections to stay on track. They you know they they, they focus in on pr- and something prioritize and then act. Mm-hmm. And then futuristic people are inspired by the future and what it could possibly be, and they really just work to energize others with their visions of the future. You also have harmony. Um, they don't like fights. <laughs> they want everyone to to get along. Um, they try to avoid conflict. They look for consensus and, and areas of agreement. Mm-hmm. 
ideation are people that are just fascinated by ideas. They find connections between things that don't seem to have connections, but they're able to just put those things together. Mm-hmm. Um, you have includers. So includers love wallflowers. Um, they don't want anybody to feel left out. They want to accept everybody, bring everybody in. They want to show awareness of that and make an effort to include people. The individualization category would also just really like this whole process because they're intrigued with the unique qualities of each person. They just really have a gift for figuring out how different people can work together productively. Then you also have input. These people crave to know more, so they love to collect and archive all kinds of information. A lot of, hey, did you know this? Did you know that? Mm -hmm. And then uh, kind of along those lines is the intellectualization. Uh, These people are characterized by their intellectual activity and their introspective and just appreciate that type of discussion. You have the maximizers, which is go big, go well, right? They, they focus on um, doing things with excellence, uh, transforming themselves and people to a superb level of, of performance. And then we also have learners, which they have a great desire to learn and want to just continuously improve. And the process of learning rather than just the outcome of knowing something really excites them. You'll notice, by the way, if you're a C in the disc that we just went out of alphabetical order, that's <laughs> totally my fault. Um, so the C was like, wait a minute, they're not going alphabetical order now. Um, all right, we're at Relator. So the Relator, um, they enjoy relationships. They enjoy just connecting with people on a deep level. They find that satisfaction in working hard alongside friends. Yep, and then there's also positivity. <laughs> <laughs> Which uh, they just have contagious enthusiasm. They're the type of person that's the energizer body just keeps on going and being happy. Uh, they're upbeat and get excited when other people tell them what they're going to do. Um, that shows you that focus <laughs> is not in my top seven. I don't think it's even in my top 15. Um, responsibility? Yes. Okay, good. All right. So responsibility. These people take a psychological ownership of the tasks uh, given to them. They're very committed to following through on what they've committed to do. And then next we have restorative, and these people are really, uh, they're really good at dealing with problems. They just have a knack for figuring out what's wrong and how to really resolve issues. Then you have um, self-assurance. Oh, by the way, (laughs) sidetrack. Restorative and developer is a cool combo. Hmm. Developer likes working with new, raw things, making them something. Restorative likes taking broken things and fixing that, whether it's people, cars, whatever. Yeah. Um, then you have self-assurance or self-confidence. These people, kind of the competitive, they're, they're just naturally confident in who they are. And so because of that, they can accomplish a lot of things. Um, they feel confident in their ability to, to manage their own lives um, and have that inner compass that gives them what they need to make good decisions. Yeah. Significance are people that they really just want to be important in others' eyes. They're independent. They want to be recognized. And they really just want to feel like the things that they do matter. And that's not a bad thing. It's just they're driven to contribute to others. Yeah. Right? Uh, and then you have strategic. Uh, this is my number one, actually. Um, they're they're good at creating alternative ways to proceed. When If they're faced with some given scenario or complex situation, they can quickly spot the relevant patterns and issues needed to sort it all out. Mm-hmm. And then the last one they have listed here is WOO, which is uh, an acronym for winning others over. Mm-hmm. And they just love the challenge of meeting new people and winning them over. They uh, derive satisfaction from breaking the ice and making new connections with people. The WWE fan of me wants to shout out a Ric Flair woo right now, but I'm not, I'm not going to. Um, so that just gives you a quick thing of the strength finders. Mine, um, my top, and I, I looked at seven, you know, because the test does tells you top five, mm-hmm. um, but then I've, you know, researched it and said, all right, what, what do I think my top seven are? Um, and I have my notes here. Where are they? Here we go. They are... Um, Oh, I lost it. Go ahead and go with yours. Yeah, while you're looking for yours, I have mine. My top ones are futuristic, strategic, learner, achiever, and command. Yeah, here we are. Um, <laughs> no focus, man. <laughs> um, belief, input, strategic, responsibility, woo, relator, and communication are mine. So so one note on that is one of the things we do, you know, obviously we can't do the podcast here, mm-hmm. but when we do the mapping and we have somebody go through all their tests, we start pulling all these together, um, and you start seeing the themes, and we're gonna discuss more of that shortly. Yeah. Um, so we can't really unpack a lot of this, but as you're, the, the link that you can go to is just, uh, you can either just 
Google or Yahoo or I use Yahoo stuff. I think I'm one of like 14% of Americans that use Yahoo. Oh boy. Uh, yeah, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't actually use Google. Um, but you can Yahoo or Google uh, strength, strength Finders. Um, but the website is strengthstest.com. And so you can, there's, you can go to the library or a bookstore, buy the book with the code, mm-hmm. or you can go to the website. I think it's $25. So this is the most expensive of all the tests. A lot of these are free. This one's 25 bucks. Yeah. To me, $25 well spent. You know, these podcasts are free. <laughs> so yeah. you're saving money on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I highly recommend that, that you, you do that. So you, you listen to what we had um, and you kind of do a self-identification. be kind of hard to do from one sentence summaries. Yeah. So I do recommend you, you take that test. So that's strength finders. I'll get two more. The next one is Love Languages, which is a pretty popular one. Uh, Love Languages was, is by Gary Chapman, and so what this is, it's a very relational test. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's how do you how do you receive love? Like like how do you know you feel loved when somebody yeah. does X, Y, or Z? And then how do you show that love if you love somebody? And so they have five. There's um, gifts, quality time, words of affirmation, touch, and acts of service. Mm-hmm. And so you can there's a free test that you can just go to uh, five the number five lovelanguages.com and take the test and it'll tell you here's the two ways that you most express it and here's the two ways that you best receive it and it's such a great test um because you need what you're supposed it's natural to want to express love the way you want to express it Mm -hmm. but it's really good to express it in the way the person wants to receive it yeah so like with a husband wife spouse thing if he's he's expressing his love the way she wants to hear it and she's expressing um love the way he wants to hear it it's awesome, mm-hmm. right? So what are yours? My, I did my top three, and I did touch, quality time, and acts of service. Okay. Mine are, um, mine are the same, both expressing and receiving, and it's quality time and touch. Mm-hmm. Um, so hugs, handshakes, hands, you know, hands on the arm or the leg. Yeah. Um, just spending time with people, those are the things that, that I most enjoy. One that I'll say on this is um, how powerful this was for me in hindsight. Probably about 10, 12 years ago, 10 years ago probably, um, was in a relationship with somebody who in hindsight was, I think was the one and uh, kind of messed up on that. But mm. I, I had never heard of love languages and it wasn't until after we had broke up um, that I'd heard about it and I looked back and I thought of her and I'm like, oh my goodness. And so gifts was was one of her number ones. And so she would um, go buy cards and, and write notes in them or she loved to do craft stuff. So she would go to uh, Michael's or whatever mm-hmm. and she would make all this stuff. And at the time, like I appreciated it you know, that she took the time, but I didn't think a whole lot of it because gifts wasn't one of mine. Yeah. And then in hindsight, I was like, oh, my goodness. Like, she was so expressing her love. It was really, really convicting for me. Yeah. So I just want to encourage people that are in relationships uh, right now that you pay attention to that. Yeah, and if, you, if you're currently in a relationship and you get nothing else from this podcast, just sit down and both of you take this test and just discuss your results. Right. Because it's so val- – like, this one isn't – this won't won't be a long test. You can probably start thinking through already. This is probably where I'm at. But it's so good to have the realization of this is where the other person's at. And so then it just takes a little bit of sacrifice to say, okay, well, I won't do it my way. I'll do it your way. So then you can mm. receive it just so much better. And it just is just really helpful. It's and huge. Yeah, it's just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well said. Uh, all right, so the last one then um, is one that, that I had developed, and so there's no online thing. Um, I call it spiritual roles or Christ-centered roles. And what this one, this was actually based a lot on the sevenfold life, which is one of the lenses that we talked we talked about in episode, season one, mm-hmm. episode 1.08. So you can go back and listen to that. But we talked about how there's seven folds or seven areas of life. There's the emotional and the spiritual and the intellectual and the physical. That's kind of the heart, soul, mind, and body, yeah. kind of the core four that make up who you are. Mm-hmm. Then you have all of your relationships and resources, all the people and things in your life. Yeah. Uh, and I think we talked about like as a pie, right? Like draw like a pie chart yep. out and have six slices with a with a seventh hole in the middle hole in the middle round slice and so those six are the the heart the soul the mind the body the relationships and the resources mm-hmm. and then that middle one is god that you, you want to kind of have god at the center yeah. helping you navigate everything but we, we so we talked we, we talked a lot about how to use that as a, a tool for yourself one of the things from that were these spiritual roles so what i see um looking at jesus i see jesus playing seven key roles and mm-hmm. each one corresponds to one of these folds or areas so emotionally jesus was an encourager we see this with martha and mary peter on the beach and the restoration yeah spiritually he was a warrior i mean he was fighting for people's souls mm-hmm. he's casting out demons he's praying he's dying on the cross you know uh intellectually 
Uh, he's a teacher, rabbi. And so he was teaching people who he was. He was teaching people who God was, mm-hmm. how we're supposed to live life, you know. Um, physically, he was a servant. So he's passing out fish and, and bread. He's washing feet. Again, dying on the cross. That's kind of a, a servant and warrior thing. Mm-hmm. Um, relationally, he was a socialite. So he had the kids plant his knee, went fishing with the disciples on their day off, went to, this is one of my favorite things, went to so many parties <laughs> that he was known as, as a drunkard and a glutton. You know, mm-hmm. didn't do those things. Yeah. but had that reputation because he went to so many parties, you know, um, but just connected with people. Hmm. And then resourcefully, he was a steward. He, he knew how to manage things. He knew how to manage his money. He had Judas Iscariot, at least initially, carry the purse. There were several women that raised the funds for them. Mm-hmm. He knew how to manage his time where he stayed longer with the crowds because they needed it or he left the crowds because he needed it. You know, um, he also knew to steward his me- his message. Notice that in the beginning of the Gospels, he, he, he shares with the disciples who he is, but then says, don't go tell their people. Mm-hmm. But then later towards the end of his ministry, he's saying, now, now go share this. Yeah. He just knew the timing of all that. Then there were times that he took off all those seven hats and he just was a child. He was just son of his papa. Mm-hmm. And he would just sit with papa, with Abba and pray with him. And so he did these roles perfectly. And if, if you are a Jesus freak, if Jesus is your king, or if not yet, but hopefully through these seasons, you just started getting intrigued with that more, you know, um, and you decide to follow him. We need to be ready for all seven roles. And, and there's flip sides to these. So there's teacher, student, servant, served, you know, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyways, we're not going to do all seven equally or perfectly. And so what I believe is we, we need to be ready in any given situation to do all seven. Yeah. Um, but there's probably one or two, or maybe three, that you're best at uh, and most enjoy. Mm-hmm. And, so, and so with those seven, encourager, warrior, teacher, socialite, servant, steward, and child. This is a self-identification. There's no test for this. Mm-hmm. Which, which two um, did you have that, that you think you are, are most enjoy and are best at? Uh, the two that I had were teacher and uh, s- servant, I believe. Mm-hmm. My handwriting got a little messy, sorry. And, and if you had a third one, a tertiary, just because you need to use the word tertiary in a podcast, sure. Uh, what would your tertiary one be? The tertiary one would be child. I love that word, by the way. I know. Um, okay, cool. That's good. Yeah. My, my primary two are uh, teacher and steward, and then... Um, Socialite, I think, would be my third. Maybe child, actually. That might have changed a little bit as I've gotten older. Hmm. Yeah. Getting a little crotchety. <laughs> my old age. <laughs> Anyways, so for you, the listener, that's just a self-identification. Um, what do you think? Do you think you're, you enjoy you know, encouraging people emotionally or spiritually fighting for others through prayer? You know, mm-hmm. um, Or are you the intellectual teacher-student type that wants to learn and, and spread the, the message? Uh, are you more of a, a socialite, just enjoys engaging people, or that servant and, and meeting a need? Uh, or that steward, you're a good planner, organizer, mm-hmm. or you're a good child, you're good just that, that quiet time with God. What do you think you are, right? Yeah. So those are the ones that we wanted to identify today. Like we said before, there's a whole bunch of other ones out there. There's a, there's a new, I don't know if it's new, but it's kind of new on my radar called the Enneagram, mm-hmm. and I've heard nothing but good about it. And so I've researched it a little bit, and I really like it. I want to take it for myself. And so that would be another one we'd recommend. It's the EnneagramInstitute.com. Good luck trying to spell that phonetically. <laughs> um, but we'll, we'll put that in the description. There's also one called, it's called the Fascination Personality Test. And the website is HowToFascinate.com. And, and what it is, is it's this really cool chart of like I think 40 different possibilities of how people see you and so how you should present yourself it's, mm-hmm. it's kind of interesting there's another one it's a, it's a happiness test uh, jenniferdukeslee.com and you can take their, their happiness style um, and so that tells you kind of like love language like five different ways that, that bring you the most amount of happiness yeah. um, and so I, I've heard good things about that one and I actually have another one that we did in one of my ministry classes uh, called leading from your strengths we'll put the website on there as well uh, and this one does cost money but it gives you a 20 page report mm-hmm. that I'm just going to I took screenshots of this, and it's three screens of things that it covers, but I'm just going to read some of the highlights. Um, It does your natural strengths and then your adapted strengths based on the situation you're in, how to communicate with you, how to not communicate with you, your ideal environment, keys to motivating, leading, and personal areas for improvement, um, perceptions of how you see yourself and Mm -hmm. how others see yourself under pressure and just normally. um, And... Yeah, that was most of them, but it's just really, it was really cool to go through. It was a relatively simple test and it was just like, wow, this has a lot of different insights and I really appreciated that one as well. 
Yeah, the the one that you showed me of your results was crazy thorough. So yeah. I think that's also one that I'm gonna I'm gonna do for myself. Mm -hmm. How much is it? Do you remember? I think that it was thirty bucks. Um, I don't remember though because we did it through the class, and mm -hmm. the professor is a like one of the facilitator people for yeah. it. So I think he got a discount. You know, it's it's funny. Just a, a note on that. You know, we can, we can balk at at twenty five or thirty dollars, but in hindsight, mm -hmm. it's worth every penny. Yeah, because you're figuring out kind of who you are. Uh, which kind of segues, well, go ahead. Well, and along those lines, like it, it was good enough to the point that I ended up spending another 30 bucks or whatever it was to have my girlfriend take it as well. Um, Ooh, she pay for it, somebody else. Yeah, and yeah. so it was just really cool to be able to sit down and just look at our two results and be able to see, okay, so this is, it actually helped a lot with um, just mm -hmm. some of the communication things. Because it's yeah. like, this is how to communicate, this is how not to. It's like, oh, so that's why we're, like, it mm -hmm. was just really illuminating. Yeah. So, so now what? <sighs> You know, each each one of these questions, each episode that we've done, we, we explain kind of what the question is, what it's getting at, how to answer it, and then we talk about unpacking it a little bit and what can you take away from your answers. Mm -hmm. So once you you know have listened to this episode and then you go through and we encourage you really to take all of them. Yeah. Um, because again, it's slices. Mm -hmm. But as you as you, once you finish taking all of them, um, you wanna unpack them. And so there's some different things that you can do with that. Um what are some of the patterns or themes that you see in the answers? So as you go through these tests, is there a certain concept or thing or issue that keeps coming up? Mm -hmm. So for example, maybe it's a, it's an assertiveness. Maybe it's a quality attention to detail work, mm -hmm. right? Um, this is the kind of thing that should clue you in. Yeah. If you've got, if the same idea keeps coming up in these tests, that really should tell you this is one of the way you're wired. That God was intentional when He gave that to you. Mm -hmm. Therefore, He expects you to do something with it. You know. So, so what are some of the patterns or themes that you see? Also, like with values, you know, we talk about sometimes your values will conflict with each other. There's tension. Mm -hmm. Are there any tensions in these patterns? So, for example, do you have like a uh, like a high work ethic keeps coming up, but also maybe a um, wanting to do things my way. Hmm. You know, um, we're going to get into weaknesses in the next episode, so this is probably where this question is going to come out more. Yeah. Um, but but anyways, but are there any tensions? And if so, how can you handle them? How can you temper them or, or balance them? Mm -hmm. uh, and then you also want to um, keep in mind, and we've been talking about this, there's no bad or good, there's healthy and unhealthy. So as you're looking at all, you know, as you kind of look at all your personality test results and you were to summarize it and kind of combine them all and say, mm -hmm. in general, this is how I would describe myself. You want to be able to identify the healthy and unhealthy versions of each of those aspects or nuances yeah. and know that as a human, it's just natural for the unhealthy to come out because mm -hmm. we're all made of dust, Psalm 103. And so you need to understand you have to be honest with yourself. Uh, all right, you know what? I, I won't want to admit this, but yeah, my unhealthy version probably is the default of this. Right. So what can you do to hone it and temper that and really improve it so that the, qual the healthy quality part excels? And then also, so then now you're getting an idea of what all these results are telling you. How does this play into your previous answers? You know, so your, your beliefs and your values and your timeline. Are you seeing more patterns and themes that are just getting confirmed? Mm -hmm. Has another new element emerged that you need to add as a piece to the puzzle, right? What's the overall picture that you're seeing here? And are you getting a, a clear, um, some clear insight into maybe what you're calling is? Yeah, and it's just really interesting when you start going through all these different tests. I really do think that this is one of the areas that it's relatively uh the patterns become to be r pretty clear. Mm -hmm. um, you can yeah, be able to right. go through and see, okay, I'm uh, this, 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 and this. Those are all teaching type things. Mm -hmm. And so you, okay, so maybe something with teaching. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's just, this is, and w like we've been saying, the more tests you do, right, the right. clearer those patterns will be. More confirmation. And so we just, again, would encourage you to go through, do as many as you can, as many as you want to. We both actually really enjoy this step. Yeah, this is a fun one. Just going through and doing the different tests and figuring all of this stuff out. Um, that's probably our analytical side coming out. Right. Um, but yeah, we just really would encourage you guys to dive in and really don't just skirt over this. Oh, that's just personality tests. I've taken those before. Mm -hmm. Actually take the time to really invest in this. And I think you guys will be impressed with the results that will come out of it. There can be some key aha moments. You know, when we do the Know They Self group, that 10-week study, mm -hmm. um, the people always like this part. You know, just seeing all the patterns and seeing how it all plays together. Yeah. Yeah. 
And so I also think that it's just really important to explore your methods and personality styles for a couple different reasons. Uh, kind of like what we were talking about last week with the timeline. This can just be really therapeutic to go through. And especially if, because uh, I remember when I started doing this, I was just like, well, I'm too complicated for a personality test. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, <laughs> well, well yeah, right. I am. Um, but then as more and more pieces of this started to come together, it's just like, okay, so I'm not crazy. Right. And you can really begin to see, and that can just be really comforting. That you make um, sense. That you actually do make sense, and there's still complexity. It's not that you're some simplistic version that you've been overcomplicating. Like, you're actually complicated, but then it also actually makes sense. So that can just be really cool to see. It can give you just more of the details of how God's wired you, Mm -hmm. and it can begin to point you towards why he's wired you that way with more of the direction and calling type thing. And it can really just help you more intentionally engage with life and the situations that you're dealing with. Right. So you can begin to see, okay, so I, when there's like insufficient leadership, I step up because that's mm-hmm. my D coming out with the disc mm-hmm. profile mm-hmm. and um, the command coming out with the strength finders. And it's just all of these things really begin to come together and you can just sit back and say, okay, so that's part of why I respond this way in this situation right. or this way in this situation. And then you can begin to really look at the healthy versus unhealthy. Yeah. And so this is the way I have responded and the way I'm wired to respond. Is this the way I should be responding? And Ooh, yeah. you can begin to really just start diving down into that and say, okay, so this is how I have been responding. Ah, that's unhealthy. Yeah. I, I really shouldn't be micromanaging and just taking over. I really need to let people fail a little bit and figure out how it's going with their leadership so then they can actually grow instead of just stepping in and taking over. Imagine like you buy some tech thing mm-hmm. uh, or a computer game or whatever and you kind of wing it and you don't read through the thorough how-to manual and all that and so you learn the basics and you're using the basics and then someone comes along and they know it inside and out and they say hey do you know that actually has this feature here and like I didn't know that right yeah. that's one of the things that happens here when you go through this kind of question is you start figuring out the little features of you mm-hmm. um, I didn't know I could do that and then like you said ooh I'm not doing it the most efficient way hmm. or the most loving way. Yeah. And so you, so you tweak it all. We had one person, a friend of mine, go through this um, a couple years ago, and she would e- emailed me because she had been kind of beating herself up over some stuff. And, and the title of her email was, I Make Sense. Huh. And it was kind of going through all this kind of stuff. It's like, whoa, I see where it's all coming together now. It's really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so now we're just going to transition into a time of question and answer and hopefully clear up any confusion that you guys might have. So the first question that we like to ask with pretty much everything that we do, uh, just what are the sweet and sours to identifying your methods and going through this process? Yeah, so the sours, those good things that will make you wince. Really, it's um, coming to grips with who you are accurately mm-hmm. and not trying to put spin on yourself. Um, so you need, you know, by going through this process, you're going to recognize, ooh, I do an unhealthy version of me right now, at least in, in this area or mm-hmm. these areas. I do have limits. I can't accomplish anything that I want because I'm not wired for certain things, or it's a lot more difficult to do that that way. Yeah. Um, I'm not like other people. Uh, other people aren't like me. Hmm. Um, these are good things to realize, but they are going to make you wince as you figure them out. Yeah. Um, but on the flip side of that, the sweets, those, those good things that are really going to make you smile, um, you get to see what the healthy version looks like uh, for you. And you can see where you already are doing in a healthy mm-hmm. fashion and be happy with that. Um, but you have something to, to, to move toward. You can learn how to play to your strengths. So kind of like the, the site, the, the test that you were mentioning. Mm-hmm. Um, you can realize, well, even with strength finders, I'm going to become more efficient and that's going to help me have a greater impact. Yeah. And then also, we're all unique. Mm-hmm. You know, we're all beautiful and ugly at the same time. Um, and so, so uh, embracing that, but embracing that unique you, right, mm-hmm. and, and just celebrating that. Okay. Secondly, what if the test results aren't accurate based off what I think about myself? Yeah. So this depends. If you're pretty self-aware and the results seem to be off, then go with your gut. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're not self-aware, then trust in the validity of the test and, and what they're telling you to do. Yeah. Also, if if you kind of disagree with the test, but other people who know you well um, would Are agree with the that? test, yeah. then you need to kind of go with that, that, may, that maybe there's a some um, – eating crow that you have to do a little bit mm-hmm. and realize maybe that is a strength that I have and I didn't want to admit it. Maybe it is not a strength of mine and I need to admit it. Or that even could be how you're presenting yourself. Yeah, right. Yeah. So so that so so if it's not lining up, could be that you 
or not being honest with yourself. Could be that you're being honest with yourself, but you're presenting it in a different way, hmm. right? Or it could be that the test, you had an off day when you took it, right? There's a number of different things on that. Um, so you could always take the test again. Um, but overall, you want to go with, of you and others and the tests, where does the general agreement seem to be? And that's probably where the right answer is. Yeah. And so what are we supposed to be doing in regards to other people's results with this? Yeah, so this is something that we reference each time. We don't spend a lot of time on I wish we could spend more time on the, the primary benefit of know thyself is is figuring who out who figuring out who you are mm-hmm. and what you're supposed to do with that. You know, is that Danish proverb who you are is God's gift to you, and what you do with that is your gift to Him. Hmm. I really like that. Yeah. Um, so that's the primary. But secondarily, you're learning more about God and just His intentionality, right, and His love of diversity and mm-hmm. uniqueness. Um, and then also secondarily, you're learning that others are not like you. Others have different values than you and beliefs than you, different experiences than you. Others are wired with a different personality style than you. Mm -hmm. And because there's no right and wrong personalities, there's just healthy and unhealthy, you need to understand that, that if somebody's different than you, that's not a bad thing, you know? Um, And so so practically speaking, kind of application-wise, you're respecting the way other people are wired, and you want to encourage them in that healthy application. So if they're being the healthy version of that, congratulate them on it, Mm -hmm. you know? Encourage them to do that more. If they're being in an unhealthy their unhealthy version of that recognize that it's still core good how they're wired they just need to tweak it and refine it and hone it and so challenge them on that yeah. just make sure when you're challenging it that the timing is right mm-hmm. that you're drenched in love and that your desire is not to point out faults mm-hmm. but to encourage them to, to greater heights yeah and your desire isn't to conform them to how you are right it's to allow them to be the healthy version of themselves it's challenging and freeing at the same time mm-hmm. to recognize that others are different than you yeah yeah and then is there anything else that you would want to add? Um, I would just say, even with all these questions, kind of keep tabs on them. Mm-hmm. So we told you, you know, your values every year or two, you, you'd kind of retake their values again. Same with the personalities typically don't change very often. Yeah. A little bit with, with repetitive experiences or age, you might see some changes. Mm-hmm. Um, but keep up on them. There's always new tests emerging, so look for those. Uh, and then always just be conscious of what the healthy version of that looks like. And don't mm-hmm. just wing it and don't take the shortcut. Go ahead and, and take the effort to refine yourself. It's just better for you, God, and others all involved. Yeah. yeah. And if you do have any other questions on anything that we've said, or uh, if the links aren't working or something, just feel free to let us know. Uh, e- you can email us at info at rekindlingministries.com or just visit the website at rekindlingministries.org. Thanks so much for listening, guys. Yeah, have a great time. <laughs>